Join us in our live Sunday service with Dr. Howard Hatcher. Defeating enemies of the state. Overcoming strong men rising. Uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you in the name of Jesus. I know that what I'm about to deliver is beyond me. It's above me uh, in terms of scope, in terms of width, in terms of universal and eternal impact, but it's not beyond you. And we have the mind of Christ. Give us the grace to entertain what you've ordained us to entertain today in Jesus' name. Not just to entertain, but to receive. And then, Lord God, give us the ability to understand the importance of it in this hour, that none of us is insignificant. We all bear the mark of your significance, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, we bind every strong man in assignment of hell. You are silent in the name of Jesus. And we say the Spirit of the Lord has free course. We say the Word of the Lord has free course. And we say that we will begin to have free course in the plan and will of God in the name of Jesus. And we will hit the apex mark to your glory, Almighty God. And it will not be by might and it will not be by power, but it will be by your Spirit. Holy God, in the name of Jesus, we all agree. And if you agree, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Defeating enemies of the state, overcoming strong men rising. Notice I say overcoming strong men rising. There are strong men rising in the earth. 1 Samuel 17, verse 8, takes us into the story of a young boy who was forgotten. He stood and he cried to the armies of Israel. And this is what he said. He said to them, well, this is what uh, Goliath says. Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? And you, servants of Saul, choose a man for you. Let him come down to me. And 1 Samuel 17, 10, the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Enemies of the state. Goliath walks out and he says, I want you to send someone to fight with me. And you are the armies of Saul. During that day, King Saul was head and shoulders above every man in Israel. There was no equivalent man in terms of height and stature. But God found a little boy. And he said, I may not be big on the outside, but on the inside, my character stands tall. My love for God stands tall. My zeal for God stands tall. My commitment to God stands tall. My pursuit of God stands tall. And my determination that I will not be mitigated in my cause to stand for Christ stands tall. Is there anyone here today that in your spirit you're like David? In your spirit you don't mind letting the devil know and the Goliaths know that in my spirit I'm like a David. In my spirit I can hear a higher sound calling me to war. Some men are made for waffles and others are made for war. Let's have waffles after we have war. Come on somebody. David is not confused about why he's made. Goliath steps out and he says, hey, send someone to fight for me, with me. You're the servants of Saul. Now notice, the biggest man in Israel stands down. The, the man with the biggest reputation stands down. Sometimes it's hard to be big when little got you. In the middle of a battle, in the middle of the greatest test of the nation. Watch this. The man that God 
chose, stand down. See, there are times when God may choose someone and you are not today who you were. The devil is out as an enemy of the state to rob you of whatever causes you to be able to stand up on the inside. He's got a purpose. He wants to take you out with a word. He wants to take you out. Now, I want you to notice something. Goliath says, I'm defying the armies of Israel to this day. He has no regard for the namesake of Israel. When he says, I'm defying Israel, he's saying, I'm defying the promise of Jacob. Whose name was changed to Israel when he wrestled with God. The enemy is actually saying, I'm coming against you and the God behind your name. I'm coming against your progenitors. I'm coming against everything that you think makes you, you. And he said, give me a man that we may fight. First Samuel in the red, 17, 16. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself for 40 days. Verse 11, and all Israel was greatly afraid. Someone say greatly afraid. The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them. Why? For fear. We see people afraid. They're afraid. I just read one report, one medical, one medical report said that if there was in the American diet an extra dose of vitamin D, quercetin, extra zinc, and there was one more that they added, that half of the deaths that have already occurred because of COVID would not have happened. Somebody let that sink in. This would have no bearing greater than the common flu that's taking out takes out lives every year but they're not telling the american public that and so what i say is in the midst of all the fear we forget that there actually is knowledge that abound who's profiting off of fear that they would lie to the american people who's profiting off of fear and not telling them what wait, wait a minute i've got a different one why is the vaccine the only answer? Come on. Come on. If, if you understand what I'm saying, would somebody okay. give God a praise? I'm, I'm just saying, who said, who said it's the only answer? It actually is not. But there's been a great conspiracy on the American people. And this conspiracy, and I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm saying that telling the American people and the world there's only one way to battle something, God proved through David and Goliath. There's more than one way to battle a giant and bring the giant down. Fear is running rampant. Now we are in a battle against a, uh, 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 we're in a battle against a virus. That, that, that has so much logic that it only thinks horizontally. It cannot think vertically. If you go into a restaurant and you wear your mask, walking to your table, it can't get you. But if you sit down, it's not going to travel vertically down, and it's not going to travel vertically up. And the only person at risk is the person horizontal sitting across. We, we we're battling an intelligent virus. <laughs> we we're battling a virus that's so intelligent that you lock down the restaurants and you shutter 40% 
of the small businesses in America are said not to survive the other side of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 40%. But yet, because Walmart is essential and has 500 workers working through multiple, multiple shifts, touching everything without gloves. That everyone from everywhere who's been cross-contaminated with COVID. And then you go and pick it up and you read it. And set it down and you go on. And then someone else goes and looks to see how much homogenated fat is in it. Oh no, this got food color dye number three and sits it down and moves on. It's been touched by everyone multiple times. But yet you shut down a restaurant with less traffic than Walmart. And we all run to Walmart. Put our card in the machine and push the buttons. Enter. Anyone been to Walmart lately shopping? Been to Target? Oh, but I'm safe. I wash my stuff. When I get it home, I put bleach on it. <laughs> we have, we have, we have, and I have a friend in the hospital with, with that had COVID complications, pneumonia. What they didn't tell them, what they didn't tell much of America is because I talked to the scientists perfectly. I talked to the scientists perfect personally. There's actually preventative measures that you can actually do if people in your home get it. But they're not telling Americans that. And then what we haven't realized is the world just got smaller. Because they're already because the, the, the idea is you're being prepared to accept something greater than a virus. I see a day coming. Where no man can buy, sell, or trade except he's got proof that he's in the system. This was just a test rehearsal. This was just a dress rehearsal. But I got news for the devil today. In the name of Jesus, there are a people. It doesn't matter how you package it. They're not going to bow to the mark of the beast, nor to the number of his name. And if I'm talking about you and you got a little bit of David on the inside of you, would you give God a praise? If you got just a, a little bit of David, if you got a little bit of fight left, if you got a little bit of moxie left, Fear, they're peddling fear. Yes. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself, and this is not to belittle those who have lost loved ones. I'm saying that there are answers that have not been presented yes. to the American yes. public. Yes, that's right, Pastor. Amen. 1 Samuel 17, 23, and as he talked with them, behold, there came up a champion. Now, as David talked with them, there came up a champion, Philistine of Gad by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, and David heard them. Here's our little boy David. He shows up in chapter 17, and he hears Goliath <laughs> saying, I defy the armies of the living God. Wait a minute. Here's where I'm talking about 
What, what are we talking about today? We're talking about enemies of the state. David has a revelation. He has the, the same revelation that the First Continental Congress of the United States had. There was a man, you go check it out. There was a man who actually blasphemed God. He cursed God. And when he was brought to court, it actually stood. He was tried and he was convicted. Because the standing rule then was, whoever comes against God is coming against this nation. If you come against God, you come against this nation. Come on, somebody. They considered it an act of war. There were still those who believed that America was raised up by God, invented by God, thought up by God, and the Lord God is the reason we exist as a nation. Amen. So the United States used to have a, a stand someone, somewhat like David. And David said, who is this? And they said, well, that's Goliath. And David said, well, what does the man get who kills him? I like David. He just cut straight to the chase. He's like, you know, I, I don't even want to. But David, you're so naughty. <laughs> You just want to see the battle. David said, what battle? Is there, is there a battle? Am, am I missing something? And you left, who did you, and then they said, who did you leave those sheep with? My question is, who did you leave your integrity with? Come on, come on. Woo. Yes. Who did you leave your defense of God with? And so David said, what are you getting? He said, well, you don't have to pay taxes. Your family is exempt from taxes. You get a tax exemption year after year. Yes. I fight just for that. <laughs> hey, to get 33% out of your pocket from, from Uncle Sam Weekly, how many of you would fight just for that? Where is he at? <laughs> then, then they said, and you also get the king's daughter. And he said, ooh, she is fine. <laughs> Can you imagine? Being a little boy married to the finest lady and the king's daughter. And David's thinking, he's, David is a, 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 a strategist. He's like, if I get the daughter, I get the crown. <laughs> Shoot, I'm about to marry my way into the Kennedy family. Amen. <laughs> I'm about to be an Onassis. <laughs> so David is not dumb. David is smart. David knows that you can marry into a name. But he also knows something else about another name. So David is zealous for God. And his brothers say, I want you to pay, we're talking about enemies of the state. Enemies of the state. Now I've talked about the statehood of Israel. I've talked about the statehood of the United States. But I want to switch gears just for a little bit. All of the army has lost their state of mind. The Israeli army has been taken out of their courage, separated from their strength, separated from the word that bought them because of words. What was the great prophet's name who the, the, the queen sent words for him and he ran off and left the word? Elijah the prophet was separated from his courage by See, the devil doesn't need to hit you with a physical assault if he can separate you in your mind from your courage. And David's brother said, you're so naughty. 
You've come out to see the sheep. So they're attacking his character. They're attacking him. And in the attack, in the attack is the revelation of their motive. Come on. Yes. In other words, they know he has a penchant sometimes for just having a little bit of fight about him. They know he, he's the one that's more likely to fight the bear than they are. More likely to fight the lion than they are. More likely to be late for dinner because he's been in a fight somewhere. They know that he's more likely to be the one to be just a little bit odd. Anybody do that one in your family? Raise your hand if you're that one. You're the odd one. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm that one that they say is a little special. <laughs> and so they attack him in his mind, attack him in his character. Sometimes the revelation of your greatness in Christ is revealed by the attack. This attack doesn't come from those on the outside. It comes from... Until you learn to survive attacks from within and attacks from without and attacks from within your family and attacks from within come on those closest to you and attacks from your so, uh, your co-workers and attacks from until you learn how to survive it and get up and somehow manage to shake it off and keep going you're never going to be ready for goliath if you cannot defeat the air war come on come on the air war is fought between your ears. Yes. Your battle, greatest battle has nothing to do with confronting the giant physically. Yes. You've got to overcome the warfare of words. You've got to overcome the language of sophistry. The language of the sophistry. S-O-P-H-I-S-T-R-Y. Sophistry. It's the means whereby leaders use facts to deceive. They'll tell you just enough for you to hang yourself, but they'll arrange it in a way so that you'll think you're dealing with a fact, but really you're dealing with carefully arranged words intended to take you out of your position in your mind and in the spirit. So sometimes the devil and people are after your state of mind, but Paul had an answer. He said, not that I speak in respect of want. I've learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. You're not going to hit me with a state that has me lusting for more. He said, I've learned how to regulate according to the state I'm in. What's the key to your survival? Learn how to regulate. What's the key to your success? Learn how to regulate. How many of you say, I'm not putting that person in charge because they don't know how to regulate they don't know how to operate under crisis you don't send them into a burning bush a burning building yes because they haven't learned how to manage themselves under crisis you always have to have the last word and you always have to respond according to what people say to you no i've learned how to be content because until you learn how to be content you'll never learn how to hear a still small voice when the wind is howling the loudest amen, amen. God wants disciplined warriors to go up against the Goliaths of the hour. Mm -hmm. David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what will be done to the man that kills the Philistine? Now notice how David thinks that takes away the reproach from Israel. Mm -hmm. There's been an indictment. Wow. And who is this anyway that defies the armies of the living God? Yeah. His name is Goliath. It's the Hebrew verb gala, which means to uncover or go into exile. Goliath's mean, name means go into exile. 
In other words, I'm here to send you into hiding. There are those of you under the sound of my voice that you just came out from under your bush. You just came out of your cave. And I'm telling you right now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need to blow up the cave you were hiding in. You need to blow up the, come on, get that. Cave is not your friend. That is not your invitation to obscurity. You've been hiding because of what other people will think. Who am I talking about? You've been in somewhat of a cave mentally and spiritually. And God said, it's time for you to come on out of your cave. Celebrate with me. Give God a praise for those who raise their hand that are coming on out of your cave. It needs to uncover or go into exile. Now notice this word to uncover. Goliath means to uncover. He's going to uncover your fear. He's going to uncover the areas where you are supposed to have faith and you don't have faith. He's going to uncover every weakness. In other words, he's going to exploit and uncover your weaknesses. You'll know you're dealing with a Goliath in your mind when you're constantly battling your own weaknesses all the time, week after week, day after day. Because your own personal self-image, you're trapped in your own personal self-image. You don't have to talk bad about me, I'll talk bad about me. You don't have to put me down, I'll put me down. Because it never works out for me. It always falls apart for me. And God is trying to break you. He's saying, I made you in my likeness and in my image. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm not confused. I know that I've got areas of weakness, but I'm just obeying God. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. I'm not acting like I don't drive a hoopty sometimes. I'm just letting the poor say, I'm rich. Amen. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with money. It has to do with your state of mind. For with God I can do all things. So Goliath comes to exploit and uncover weaknesses. How heavy was Goliath's spear? 15 pounds. The spear had 5 pounds. His coat of armor weighs 91 pounds. Now, if I see a man walking towards me that could wear me on his back and break into a full run and not break a sweat, I'm concerned about that man. Y'all saw me ride Pastor Mark's back that one day up here. I wish I had the picture. I'd put it up right now. So I jumped on Pastor Mark. Those of you who don't know Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark is something, something, wait. He's a huge man. I, I almost needed a ladder to jump on his back. But when I jumped on his back, and I was hanging there on his back, and the bottom of my feet are at the, his knees. And when I went back and looked at the picture, I said, this doesn't look good. <laughs> the Bible says that your pastor is your covering. Well, I took it literal. <laughs> so Goliath is a formidable man. But David wants to know about Goliath. Are you an enemy? David wants to know of this state of Israel. Blessed are those who bless Israel. There's an anti-Israel movement right now. In fact, in one of our most notable, uh, eight years ago, in one of the most notable, uh, well, actually, I take that back. It was approximately about uh, six years ago. One of the most notable votes at the UN, there was only a handful of, company, of countries that stood with Israel. You can tell where God is positioning himself by how nations are positioned against Israel. 
How many of you are giant trackers with me? You track the giants. You watch the state of affairs of the nation. You want to see how Russia positions itself. I've got some news for you. I'm going to shock you with Russia in just a minute. I want to shock you about the, uh, the CCP, the Communist Party. I want to shock you in just a minute because we're talking about enemies of the state. Goliath, David says, you are an enemy of the state of Israel. And then David said, you're coming to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. But I got weapons you don't know anything about. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's still the most powerful our name in the world. It's still the most powerful name in the universe. And by this name, all men will know that God has exalted the same Jesus and made him head over the universe. I'm so glad I'm in that name. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Anybody been in that name this week? Anyone ever walked into a name? I walk into a name. Is anyone covered by a name? Amen. He said, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. If you're going to battle Goliath, what's the first thing you better learn? You better go out in the power of a name. The God of the armies of Israel whom you defy. Now I want you to notice when we talk about Israel, I'm going to draw a correlation to the United States, which is no, by no means a perfect nation. The United States has been scarred with slavery. The United States has been scarred with uh, anti-feminism, the suffrage movements. The United States has been scarred with so many uh, uh, morally devastating blows that it's a miracle that we've come out to be the oh, nation yes. that we are. Come amen. on, somebody, can you say amen? amen. We are an amazing nation. Yes. Amen. But people say we're not a Christian nation. Hmm. Well, I want to, how can you be a... Christian nation. You can be a nation that believes in God, but a nation itself, if you're going, it doesn't have a soul. Washington used the word God 146 times in his personal and public writings, many of which were in his speeches. While some were regularly used phrases such as, thank God, God knows, God's sake, or my God, there are other examples where Washington used thoughtful expressions about God and his providence. Watch this. From his headquarters in New York, July 9th, 1776, Washington enter, issued a general order which read, In pertinent part, the blessing and protection of heaven are at all times necessary, but especially so in times of public distress and danger. Come on, somebody, can you say amen? amen? The first president of the United States was not ashamed to say the name of God. And I'm going to show you he wasn't afraid to say the name of Jesus. The general hopes and trusts that every officer and man will endeavor so to live and act as becomes a Christian soldier defending the dearest rights and liberties of his country. He not only believed that we were under the sovereignty and providence of God, but George Washington also believed that you needed to have Christian soldiers in the common defense. Can you say amen? amen. That is what this nation was actually based upon. Don't let liberalists lie to you. They want to make George Washington uh, a deist. They want to make him... They want to make him an atheist, a deist, or someone that's removed from the triunity and tri uh, trinitarian belief of God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
When the Continental Congress authorized a day of fasting in 17... Wait a minute. <laughs> Enemies of the state will like to block this out from history, but you can't. The Continental Congress authorized a day of fasting. Is that a biblical thing? In 1778, Washington told his soldiers, the Honorable Congress, having thought proper to recommend the United States of America to set apart Wednesday the 22nd, instant to be observed as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer. That at one time and with one voice, the righteous dispensations of providence may be acknowledged and his goodness and mercy towards us and our arms supplicated and implored. The general directs that this day also shall be religiously observed in the army. That no work be done thereon, and that the chaplains prepare discourses suitable to the occasion. Can somebody say amen? Don't tell me we're not founded upon by men who believed in Christian principles. The Catholic historian and philosopher Michael Novak writes that Anglican layman, if you don't understand a season, why am I going down this road? If you don't understand what a nation was built upon, you'll hardly fight to defend it. Yes. That's why David defended Israel. He understood the word that it was built upon. It's built upon the back of the writings of Moses. It's built upon the Pentateuch. It's built upon Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. It's built upon the word of Almighty God. So David couldn't be separated from his heritage. He understood that if he did not defend Israel, he was not defending the providence behind it. You, you lose sight of your history and you lose sight of your true identity. The Catholic historian and philosopher Michael Novak writes that the that Anglican layman of that period rarely invoked the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ. The most famous reference came in a 1779 letter to a delegation of Native Americans. The letter was in the handwriting of an aide, and the leading biographers, including Chernow, Henriquez, and Freeman, say that the aide wrote it, but Washington was the one who dictated it to him. You do well wish to learn our arts and ways of life, and above all, the religion of Jesus Christ. These will make you a greater and happier people than you are. Congress will do everything they can to assist you in this wise intention and to tie the knot of friendship and union so fast that nothing shall ever be able to loose it. Can somebody say amen? Join yourself to the great state of affairs. Of a, you can give God a praise of a happy heaven. They were interested. Let me move on. When you talk about strong men, some folk don't want to hear it. But strong men are the enemies of a nation. We have Goliaths that are roaring today. And this is how Jesus felt about strong men in Luke 11. When a strong man is armed. Now I want you to think about this. When a strong man is armed, keeps his palace. His goods are in peace. Why? Because he's a strong man and he is When a strong man is armed. He keeps his goods at peace. Why? Because he is armed. He's armed. 
But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all of his armor wherein he trusted and divides the spoils. And he that is not with me is against me, and he that garnereth not with me scatters. Now why would Jesus put this statement in verse 23 at the end of talking about a strong man? He just finished casting the demons out of a boy. And they want to know the secret of Jesus' power. They're, they're confused. And Jesus said, look, let me explain what just happened. As long as this boy was unchallenged, as long as the demon in the boy is unchallenged, the devil's at peace because no one rocks his world. Some of you have dared to challenge the principality over your family. You've dared to challenge the, 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 the generational strongman that would like to get generations of poverty, generations of mental anguish, generations of mental illness, generations of early death, generations of diabetes, generations of this ill and that ill and this ism and that ism. But in every generation, God looks to raise up a champion. He says, I need to raise up somebody who will fight the Goliath that took your family down. Who will be raised up to fight against the Goliath of divorce? Who will be raised up to fight against the Goliath of drug addiction? Who will be raised up to fight against the, drug, the, the Goliath of alcoholism? Are you the one or do we look for another? You know, many, I, I say this, I want to say this to everyone who's ever received a prophecy about being Esther. It's not in my notes, but I feel like saying it. How many of you have ever felt like God is telling you and you've received a prophecy or you felt like God has spoken to your heart that, I know no men are going to raise their hand. <laughs> that you are the Esther of the hour, that he's giving you that type of word. If you're a female, would you raise your hand? All right, all you Esthers, would you stand to your feet? Or Deborahs. If you're an Esther or Deborah, stand to your feet. I want to talk to you. It's not in my notes, but it ought to be there anyway. I want to talk to all these Esthers in the house. All these men, give God a praise. The Esthers in the house. Come on, give God a real praise. Now, if you are an Esther, let me say to you, you must be willing to go before the king and risk your life doing so. What you're asking for costs you everything. Because if the king does not extend his scepter, then it means instant loss of life for Esther. Either that or she'll be banished forever outside the presence of the king. My question is, are you ready to let God forge in you? Are you ready to let God make you of the template string to go before a king and say yes to the Almighty because enemies of the state of Israel have arisen and God has raised you up in this hour to fight for the integrity of the generations, not only of your family, but of your nation and of your land. And if that is you, would you give God a praise? Amen. If you will stand and go the distance, show up in the king's court. Now make that practical, it meant she got involved in political affairs. Please be seated. She said, this issue will not go away without my involvement. And she engaged. Somebody say engage. Engage. In other words, she had to be prepared to go beyond her personal comfort level. If you're going to be a true Esther, you have to be willing to go beyond your personal comfort level. 
When a strong man arms keeps his palace, his goods are at peace. And Jesus says in verse 23, Whoever is not for me is against me. He that gathers not with me scatters. When the unclean spirit's gone out of a man. Now watch this. What happens when you deal with the strong man, a Goliath? When the unclean spirit's gone out, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none. He said, I'll return to my house that I came out of. When he comes, he finds that house empty, swept, and garnished. Notice what the strong man does. Verse 26, he takes with himself seven other spirits stronger more wicked more cunning than himself and they enter in and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first i remember casting out a demon once out of a witch and the devil spoke through the witch and said no like i do that she said satan a room, man, that place was packed. And she had gotten right in my eyes. You know, she had been putting curses on me the whole time I was here. And finally, the glory of God began to lift off of me, and I heard a still, small voice. Amen. Come on, I felt my David anointing coming Amen. on. And God said, if you don't say something now, it's not, you're not going to have a chance to. And that's when I opened my mouth and lifted my hands to heaven. I said, in the name of Jesus. Yes. And that would, she was out there in yes. the congregation, and she bowed her head and started doing her stuff. I said, in the name of Jesus. I call on the name of Jesus and the power of his blood. And when I said blood, she said, ah! and ran out of the building. I told the ushers, go get her. We're not done with this fight. Go get her. We're not done with this battle. And they drug her back in. And when it was over, she was set free, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Tears running down. Gave her soul to the Lord. Jesus, you give God a praise. She got saved because God had a demon in the house that didn't feel like backing down. Amen. Somebody shout, our God is stronger. Our God is stronger. Amen. Our God is stronger. How do you know what your God will do if you run from every battle? How do you know what your God will do if you run from every conflict? David was born for conflict. But he took seven other spirits more wicked than himself. So when you defeat a Goliath, that's when we go, hey, I defeated Goliath, and we get all at peace. We're like, yeah, you're walking in that last victory, not understanding. That's the time you got to bulk up in the Holy Ghost. Yes. <laughs> Can somebody say amen? Yes. That's the time you got to bulk up. That's when you got to, if you, after you get a victory, walk through your house and say, I plead the blood of the Lamb over my house yes. and everything in it in Jesus' name. I got so arrogant, I got to be honest and just be humble. I got so arrogant. I was, God was using me to set prostitutes free, drug dealers that, that were under FBI watch. Well, I'd go up in there and I'm weapons everywhere. I'm surrounded by weapons everywhere. And I walk right up into the drug dealer's house. I'm Pastor Howard. Ten feet tall and bazooka proof. In the Holy Ghost. In other words, I have weapons of my warfare and no weapon fashioned against me will prosper. Amen. But you better stay in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> but I went up into the drug dealer's house. Guns guns and everything and they were supplying the supreme court lawyer who fought the supreme court cases i'm in the very house with their supplier i was i used to be in real deep and i bring the gospel of jesus christ no i don't do it anymore i don't do that anymore but i got some good news for you let me tell you about jesus 
and I laid hands on the drug dealer, and he fell backwards. I mean, a big man like Pastor Mark. He fell backwards and said, what was that? I said, that's the power of my God. That's the power amen. of the Holy Ghost. That's the power of Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. I love it. Amen. The drug dealer come to my house. And I said, let me tell you about the power of my God. Then can I just pray? <laughs> but sometimes I got so arrogant though that, that I stopped praying over my home and, and, and then all of a sudden a bunch of them came to my house a whole, a whole, a whole host of them and, and God woke me up and translated me into the spirit realm and I went whoa anyone ever been translated into the spirit realm okay so, anyways, and the Lord let me look, and I saw them. They came through the back door. I had a door open. And they about took my life. And I was fighting for my life. And I finally got out the name Jesus, and the hole broke. And they all left. Remember, they came back seven words. And then, after they ran away, I said, God. God, why did you let them do that to me? And the Lord spoke. Well, actually, he didn't speak. He was kind of silent. And the next day, I was still having a problem with God. I, 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 why did you let them come to my house? Seven more worse. Why did you let that happen? And this is what a prophet came to my house. Out of the clear blue, a prophet came to my house and said, Hey, um, have you been ministering to prostitutes and drug dealers and casting demons out of all kinds. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, that's where your attacks are coming from. God says, you have not been covering your home. You have not been covering your home. And it was true. I'd stopped praying. So I wanted to go up in the ranks and in warfare and effectiveness but deal less with those things that were immediate around me you have to protect more when you become more incrementally dangerous to those enemies of the state can somebody say amen and that's where most you give god a break that's where most believers actually lose it because you try to ride on the previous victory not realizing that you become more of a threat yes amen So when we're engaging these principalities, and this is from Miss Essence, when we're engaging these principalities and powers in spiritual and civil realms, notice that David comes out of private, personal, uh, familial territory with his family, and he steps into civil territory as an enlisted soldier. So just like David, we're fighting for civil, social, generational, and ministry freedoms. That's what we're fighting for in these good old United States of America. They say that you cannot minister the gospel in some states to those who are seeking gender transition, transition, reassignment. There are some places that because I'm saying this right now and it's going out on YouTube, they won't invite me. Because they want the preacher, they just don't want... The, the principles that the preacher represents from the word of God. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They make it illegal in some places. In some institutions, it's illegal. And the day will come, I tell you that the day will come that the price is paid 
because of where you stand and who you stand with is going to become more obvious. But right now, we're just not ready to give up this good old United States of America. We're not ready to give it up. We don't feel like laying it down because we believe that God birthed the nation to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And our children deserve a freedom. Our children and our grandchildren deserve a freedom. And we're not ready to lay down and give it up just so like David, this is what David was fighting for. He said, if we don't defeat Goliath, we're going to lose civilly. Yes. Yes. We'll be the Philistine government. Yes. Can everybody see that now? Yes. Yes. If, we, if, if, if Goliath is allowed to continue, we'll be the Philistine civil government, and we'll be under social order under the Philistines. The generations of our family will be taught the Philistine way, which in some in some schools they are, I know, I've definitely a lot of friends right here, but in some schools they actually have children doing the, the Islamic chant to Allah. How many of you have heard it and seen it? They have our children doing it in the public school system. And because of liberalism, there's nothing you can do about it because the church laid down and just gave it away in the name of separation of church and state. But I got a news flash. It's not separation of church and state. This whole ball of wax belongs to all of us in this room. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And as long as I'm a joint heir, what belongs to him belongs to me. And it's time to stand and fight. And ministry freedom. Yes. What the preacher can say and what he can't say and where he can. So I want to say in the words of Winston Churchill, this is where we fight. We, we fight across every level. Yes. We fight across every dimension. Yes. We cross fight across every sphere. We, we fight in prophetic realms, future and faith. Can I tell you, amen? amen. We fight future wars. That haven't been fought yet. Come on, somebody. I'll pray a prayer today about something God is showing me going to happen tomorrow. Anybody living with God in the future fight? Don't you want to see? Stand up, Felix and Shirley. I'm almost done today. Stand up. Somebody give God a praise. Felix was at work. And while he was at work, his machine jammed. And he stuck his head inside the machine. And he works on big presses that are thousands and thousands of pounds. It was jammed. He stuck his head and all of a sudden she's at home. And all the spirit of the Lord came on her. And she just began to pray. God said, pray for your husband right now. Pray for your husband. And she began to pray. In the name of Jesus, I cover my husband. Devil, you won't take my husband. I cover him in the name of Jesus. And by the power of the blood. And I bind every assignment of hell. And at that moment moment while she was praying the machine came unjammed and he pulled his head out and he missed it by a split second but he's here today somebody say pray somebody shout pray somebody shout pray god will have you pray don't you want somebody in your family on the wall for you that's out in the future of a thing before it goes down but will you be the one who's in the future of a thing for your family so where will we fight like David? Yes. Across levels, dimensions, and spheres, prophetic realms, both future and faith realms, spiritual realms, and natural realms. If you say yes, would you shout amen? Yes. 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 Come on. If there's a fight to fight. Yes. Some of us only look in one place, and the fight is happening in multiple places. Yes. But you've only learned how to battle in one place. Yes. Win the war of the mind first, and then you'll see clearly to battle all the other stuff without being a fruit loop. Yes. Amen. 
Early preaching in America prepared citizens to defeat strong men rising in America. Early preaching in America was preparing citizens for defeating strong men rising in America. They believed that there were physical enemies, spiritual enemies, and mental en enemies. They believed that there were mental enemies. How many of you believe there are mental enemies? Yes. Yes. So can I give you a, a solid word? For every soul in your home, strengthen their mental state of mind. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many of you will make that commitment? You will strengthen the mental state of mind of everyone in your home. Would you raise your hand if you'll make that pledge? Amen. Going into 2021, I'll strengthen your mental state of mind before I weaken it. Amen. There are spiritual enemies and there are physical enemies. So are we going to fight across levels and dimensions? Yes. Prophetic, natural, and spiritual realms. Winston Churchill said it like this. I'm in the close. Winston Churchill's most famous speech used in television and film programs reflecting on the Prime Minister's life for decades to come. It was not an address given to the nation, but to the commons, only to the MPs and the staff able to hear its debut. This, this speech that he made was not for the common man. It was for all of the leaders who, in the face of the German blitzkrieg, were beginning to back up in fear the same way Israel was backing up to Goliath. And he stood up as the, as the giant slayer of the hour, and Winston Churchill said these words, and I want to quote him. The British Empire and the French Republic, linked together in their cause and in their need, will defend to the death their native soil aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. Can you hear what this man is saying? Yes. Can you hear what he's saying about his nation? Yes. He's a true national loyalist. He says, don't get it bent or twisted about me. It's not about a party. It's about a fight for the survival of our nation. And we will fight for it to the death. Yes. And then he says, even though large tracts of Europe and many old and famous states have fallen, or may fall into the grip of the Gestapo and all the odious apparatus of Nazi rule. We shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We'll fight on the landing grounds. We'll fight in the fields and in the streets. If they come here, they need to know. We'll fight on the beaches. We'll fight on the landing ground. We'll fight in the fields and the streets. We'll fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, will carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, the new world with all its power and might, is going to step up to the rescue and liberation of the old. Can I tell you that they saw America being raised up as the mighty wind of God, the mighty union of God of praise, the mighty eagle of the Lord. And you see that new world which we fought to oppress will rise up and defend the old world of England, the former oppressor. In the book, The Enemies Within, by Trevor Loudon. 
He profiles 27 senators and more than 80 representatives in Congress and the Senate. He profiles their ties to Communist Party USA, Muslim Brotherhood, Democratic Socialists of America, Workers World Party, the Institute for Policy Studies, the Council for a Livable World, and the radical anti-American organizations. Did you know that in his book, Pastor Cindy and I personally went and met Mr. Loudon? We sat personally and we had a conversation with him. In our current United States government, did you know that they've tracked the paper trail and the money trail? And we have sitting in our Congress and in our city, our Senate, those who are financed for to be our United States representatives, they're financed by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And they have not been cast out, nor have they been uncovered until now. Now they're uncovered and we have the responsibility to deal with every single place for which the money, you give God a praise. I'm saying something. There is no freedom for our children. There is no freedom for our posterity as long as the enemies without are now within. And what many don't know since I'm at the end of it that in the meeting of governors that was just held approximately 30 days ago, Mr. Mike Pompeo said to all the governors assembled, it was a Winston Churchill moment. Can I tell you some secret stuff? Mr. Pompeo said to all of the governors present, he said, there are many of you governors of the, and the only ones allowed in attendance were the governors of every state. Wow. It's a mandatory meeting. And Mr. Pompeo, you won't see it on the nightly news. You won't see it on good old CBS, ABC, NBC, NBC and none of these CBC. <laughs> you won't see it on any of these. You know why? Because this is what he said. And I will quote him. He said, we know exactly which ones of you are being financed by the Communist Party and have ties to the Communist Party. He said, and there are many of you, under the sound of my voice, you don't know that you've been infiltrated by the CCP, but we know who you are, even though you don't know that you've been infiltrated in your government, in your state government. And there are those of you who have been compromised, and I'm going to read off the list of names to every one of you. And I have it on good authority that a certain governor that we might all be acquainted with. God, I hope my name is not on that list. But when they came on down through the O's, Oklahoma was not on the list. Yeah. Have been Come on, somebody, give God a praise. Come on, give God a real praise. beat you on the battlefield when I can defeat you by your greed and yes. propaganda. Yes. The greatest war you'll ever win is the one you win without ever lifting a finger. Yes. Praise God. Because you utilize words like Goliath and a pen. Yes. 
So David defeated Goliath that day by the word of the Lord. He said, you come to me with a sword, spear and a sword, a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And today, God is going to deliver you into my hand and I'm going to smite you. I'm going to take your head from you. I'll give your carcass to the host of the Philistine and this day to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in my life. God, all the world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assemblies will know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's and he will give you. The battle you face is the Lord's. And when they come and ask you, when they want to ask you, they're my boy. <laughs> is that a Goliath and David type moment? Thank you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> the man is wearing me, God. Well, he did play front line for his college team. So when they ask the question, will you trade what God has so graciously granted you? Will you trade your family's posterity to a Goliath that seeks to strangle their future? What is your answer? No. no. When he comes and he wants your marriage, what is your answer? No. I will fight you over my family, my marriage, my home, and what God has given me to defend. I'll fight in the spirit realm. I'll fight in the natural realm. I'll fight across every sphere and every domain. Because when God gives an inheritance, it's the good fight of faith. And we are those who fight to the end. At the end of the day, they'll say, I finished my course. I ran a good race. I fought a good fight. But here after this, it's laid up for me a crown of glory which God will give to those who love his appearing. And if you love his appearing, would you give him a praise? Lord, I love your appearing. But until you come, we stand. Until you come, we fight. Until you come, Lord God, we let the devil know that none of it is for free. Please stand to your feet. If you could, um, would you please shout out your address? Just shout out your address. All right, one more time. Just shout out your address. Devil, we want to set you on notice in the name of Jesus that nothing is our home is for free. We have authority to take over. We have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. How many of you still believe we have power over all the power of the devil? You are a defeated foe. Jesus defeated you. You are a defeated foe. Jesus defeated you at Calvary. And he was raised on the third day. The keys don't to your home don't belong to the devil. They belong to you and Jesus. And you're getting it back. Yes. Whatever the devil stole, we say it's coming back in the name of Jesus. Yes. And there's some of you that are worrying over your future right now. Yes. I say your future will not be like your chaotic past. Yes. There'll be war in your future, but it won't be you trying to get some stuff yes. back. God's going to give you the ability to help get it back for others. Yes. In Jesus' name, I'm going to get ready to be strong enough to yes. get it back. Yes. David got all the integrity yes. back for a whole lot. You're the one. 
God sent for your family, you're the one to get it back for your home family. Yes. Father God, thank you in the name of Jesus yes. that no weapon fashion shall prosper. Yes. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, to you be majesty and dominion, both now and forever. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we want to say thank you for this great nation that you've raised up to bear your name. Father, the gospel has been pushed to the ends of the world because of the church. In fact, right now, this, this nation is hanging on because of the church. Thank you, Lord, for raising up leaders. I say now in the name of Jesus that just like David, there are those who are answering their civil call to arms. There are Esthers who are answering their civil call to arms in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we join and unite together over this holy heritage that though, though defiled this nation may be defiled in many aspects though this nation may be defiled in many aspects and though it may drip with the blood of 70 million babies yet still you're using this nation today thank you that repentance runs from Capitol Hill all the way down through every neighborhood in the name of Jesus and every pulpit Lord God we want to thank you we thank you that you are about to do a surprise. You're about to do a surprise, God, because you're not done with this nation yet. You're not done with us, Father, and you're not done with this nation. And Lord God, we rise to the occasion. And Father, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We say our God rules and our God reigns. And our children will not inherit aspects of chaos because we refuse to fight and be counted in this hour. Thank you, Father, for making me a true David in Jesus' name. If you'd pray this with me. Father, thank you for making me a true David. A David like warrior to your glory in Jesus' name. And whatever Goliath you've appointed to come down, strengthen my arms for war to your glory. And I will give you the praise in the name of Jesus. And with the spirit and heart of Winston Churchill, we will fight until you say that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 for the USA and for the Church of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the will and intent that you have in preserving our minds, preserving our hearts, our future, and our family's future. Lord, we bless you because you are good and your intent is always working for our good. We bless you and honor you. We take up the mantle of Deborah. We take up the mantle of Esther and that of David. And we will fight as you say fight the way you say do it in Jesus' mighty name. Now we declare and decree the power of the blood and the name of Jesus is over every soul in IOMTC, everyone watching, we decree the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is our refuge, is our strength. And we thank you, Father, that going forward, you are our redeemer and our strong tower. And we trust you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, say amen. amen. Brother Randy just handed me something that uh, Winston Churchill pinned for during the Christmas time. He said, let the children have their night of fun and laughter. Let the gifts of Father Christmas delight their play. Let us grown up share to the full in their unstinted pleasures. Before we turn again to the stern tasks 
and formidable years that lie before us, mm -hmm. resolved that by our sacrifice and daring, these same children shall not be robbed of their inheritance, nor denied their right to live in a free and decent world. Yeah. Amen. There's a time to lay down, there's a time to rise up and be strong, and it is a time to rise up and be strong in the spirit. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information, you can go to howardhatcher.com. You can also go to YouTube and search Dr. Howard Hatcher. We pray this podcast has been a blessing and encouragement to your faith.